This is Jeff Cross, and welcome to the October 15th, 2022 edition of Views on the News from the Couch, a baby boomer's attempt to pass along his views on the news. I'd like to pay a tribute today to this podcast. Yes, I know that sounds self-serving. It is. A listener said that as a result of listening to Views on the News from the Couch, he or she is now more likely to read an article and not take at face value the snippets and clippets from our alleged news media for what they want him or her to believe was said. The use of the word alleged was mine, but the rest was close to a quote. I'm proud of that statement. I don't care if his or her opinion after reading the article is the same as mine or not. I mostly want fewer lemmings. Quick hitters. What a bad start for a prime minister. United Kingdom Prime Minister Liz Truss jettisoned her finance minister. There, I repeat, there, package of deregulating the economy and tax cuts was not well received. Per Reuters, she campaigned on these policies, so I find it a bit surprising that she so quickly abandoned them. Maybe folks were surprised that she did what she said she would do. That is unusual for a politician. The January 6th committee voted to subpoena Trump to testify and supply documents. I'm betting they won't get the testimony. And kind of late in the game to subpoena him as the committee is about to shut down. I think this is window dressing so they can say he refused to testify. I linked to an interesting essay by Andrew McCarthy in the National Review on the January 6th riot and investigation. He does some slamming of both Trump and the committee. Hagrid died. Well, actually, Robbie Coltrane, who played Hagrid in the Harry Potter series. Angela Lansbury also died. I know her from the TV show Murder, she wrote, where she investigated the incredible number of deaths in the small main village of Cabot Cove. For you younger folks, it was fiction. Recently, I learned she moved her family from California to Ireland because her daughter started hanging out with Charles Manson. Georgia Senate candidates... Walker and Warnick debated recently. I did not see the debate. The few articles I read suggested to me it was a wash. I'm guessing the few in the middle are the only ones who agree, would agree with me. Historically, a tied debate favors the challenger, Walker, just for being on stage with the incumbent and not looking useless. We'll see. I have assumed Warnick would win unless the winds start blowing strong for Republicans and or Walker benefits from the coattails of Republican Governor Kent over Stacey Abrams. Moving on, a listener asked me recently if the midterm election wins were starting to blow in favor of Republicans. I said I think there is a hint of that, but too soon to tell. I also said while I am reluctant to go against the polls, I do wonder if the bogus extremist charges by Biden and others is suppressing pro-Republican sentiment in the polling. The generic congressional ballot is now at 1.3% favoring Republicans. Republicans had quite the advantage from February until July, but then it was fairly even until recently. Recent reports that inflation is not waning, I think, will continue to hurt Democrats. A few weeks ago, I predicted that Democrats would win the midterms because I predicted they would benefit from a solution in Ukraine. We are running out of time for that solution relative to the midterms. Putin is taking actions that either could be an escalation of the war or trying to get a stronger negotiating position. But at this point, it seems I was nuts to make the prediction. 
The Supreme Court is considering a case that may end race-based college admissions. It is a case filed by Asian Americans. I'm not into deciles, but I think of those as tense. A Federalist article by Kenny Zhu indicates that if you are Asian American and in the top one-tenth, you have less chance of being admitted to Harvard than an African American in the, quote, fourth lowest, end quote, decile. Put another way, if race is not considered and only academic accomplishments, then Asian Americans' percent of Harvard students would rise to 50% from 20%. Wikipedia says Asian Americans are 7.2% of the population. They are hitting above their weight. I'm not weighing in today on who should win the case. I am wondering if the person studying all sorts of academic subjects and being able to regurgitate it on a test is actually the smartest and most deserving of admission. Might be, but someone who scores a bit lower but knows how to hunt or fish or was the night manager of a fast food restaurant might have more real-world experiences and have had less time to study or a pedidextrous mechanic who can change out parts that others cannot reach. Please note, this is not an Asian American comment. The Asian American might be the one with more real-world examples. I am saying I like a broader view of what a complete student might be. Republican Ron Johnson is running for a re-election to the U.S. Senate from Wisconsin. His Democratic opponent, Mandela Barnes, accused Johnson of being a Russian asset. The linked Federalist article by Evita Duffy says the FBI gave Johnson and Senator Grassley a briefing on the senator's concerns on Hunter Biden's laptop and selectively leaked to the press parts of that br briefing. I don't understand how that was supposed to make Senator Johnson look like a Russian stooge, but Barnes used it to attack Johnson. At the same time, per the article, quote, the Milwaukee Sentinel reported that Barnes gave interviews criticizing U.S. law enforcement to Russia Today, a state-run propaganda channel for the Russian government and an outlet that the U.S. State Department says is a critical element of Russia's disinformation and propaganda ecosystem, end quote. Bullshit. Let's dial back the Russian asset talk. Both ways. I was sent a Twitter exchange that I find interesting. One person, based on her picture, I would use the phrase lady, but maybe should not given the tweet, said the following, quote, I used a gender-neutral bathroom today and two men came in while I was washing my hands. Man number one didn't care and used the bathroom in front of me. Man number two waited outside the bathroom till I left after seeing me inside. I thank man number two for respecting my privacy. I felt so violated, end quote. Huh, lots of gender-specific words for a gender-neutral bathroom story, but someone on Twitter replied better than anything I could come up with. She said, quote, Man number one treated you as an equal in a gender-neutral bathroom. Man number two treated you like a woman. I don't know which you wanted as treatment, but both treated you with respect and neither violated you, end quote. For some time, I wondered if part of this whole thing was just to be able to say gotcha to others, particularly old guys like me. Now I wonder if this is a long-term plan to solve another issue. Women have often complained of not enough bathrooms in public places. Might gender-neutral bathrooms be a way for women to get two-thirds of the bathrooms? Mostly kidding, but still, I wonder. Thanks for listening to Views on the News from the Couch. 
If you like this podcast, please share with your friends. If you did not like it, please share with the rest of the folks you know.